The holiday season is here, and we're here to talk about the things that we have on our wish list for Arizona State Sun Devils football on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, all you crazy people, and welcome to the Locked On Sun Levels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Levels. Thank you all so much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. Wherever you're getting your podcast, though, like and subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you get an update when we post new content to stay in touch with that content, follow me on Twitter. You can find me at Richie Brad's 36 and you can find the podcast as well at L O underscore Sunnels. Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by bet online. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts. It is holiday season, whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or anything else during the holiday season, happy holidays to you. First of all, but part of the holiday season is giving, part of it is receiving, part of it is family time, all that good stuff. On this edition of the podcast and a bonus edition tomorrow for the podcast, we are doing the things that are on our wish list for football today and basketball tomorrow. So talking about football today, there's three things that I narrowed it down to on my wish list. I, I, I tried to keep it as realistic as possible. I didn't wish for a national championship. I didn't wish for 10 five stars. Like I tried to realize what the expectations were for Arizona State. And this is what I came up with. The first thing on my wish list for the team, some four stars, just a couple of four star recruits, nothing too crazy. I don't need 10 of them. I, I wouldn't complain, but if we can get like two or three four star kids, that would be really awesome to see that we're starting to be able to recruit, you know, higher ranked guys and be able to pull in some more well-known talent. There's nothing wrong with three stars. I think that for a team like Arizona State, your team needs to be built through three-star players, and just knowing that you can build up a good depth, a good rapport with these guys, and be able to recruit just about whoever you want, right? You need to be able to build your team. You're not Alabama. You're not Ohio State. You're not Michigan. You're not Georgia. You can't build your team through four and five stars at this point in time. Who knows? Maybe down the road, Kenny Dillingham is able to get you to that point where you can build your team through four and five star guys. But for right now, you just need to be able to continue to prove that you can take three stars, develop them and turn them into solid players. That's what Arizona State has been doing very well for a very long time. They don't need five star players to compete for that seven to eight win season that we basically aspire to be every year to get back on track to that bull eligible season. You just need to be able to recruit what you're able to recruit. So I love the attention and the focus that has been redirected back to recruiting in the Valley. I think that's absolutely amazing and something that has been long overdue for the program, but you also need to be able to bring in 
a, a, a little bit more high high quality players. It's not the end all be all, but I do want to see that ability. There was that hope that Dante Moore, who Kenny Dillingham recruited five star quarterback to Oregon, would maybe flip his recruitment re, recruitment excuse me to Arizona State when he left. He ended up going to UCLA. Can't blame him. Goes to work with. Chip Kelly in a high-powered offense. Nothing wrong there. That was a pipe dream, though. We always knew that was a pipe dream. It was It was just kind of like throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticked. I do want to see some other high-quality recruits come in, though. Like I said, I'm not saying he needs to be 10 four-star recruits. I'm not saying you need three or five five-star recruits. I am more than happy with the three stars. In fact, I think that this team definitely appreciates guys who aren't as highly recruited as some of the other kids who end up going to those top-tier schools like the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. I do want some four-stars, though. I haven't looked recently at what's still out there. I do know that there are some guys like Jacoby Lane, wide receiver, four-star prospect. He is a Valley prospect. Uh, uh, prospect. Yeah. Like he's in the Valley. So Arizona high school kid, I would love for us to snipe him from USC right now. He is committed, but he is not signed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Finding a cold again, who would have thought, but, and, and, and for what it's worth, Deuce Robinson, the five-star tight end is also a Valley product and is not signed. That would be really cool. Add them to my Christmas list. But keeping it as realistic as possible, I do want to see plenty of four-star guys get recruited. Three or four would be, like, getting me ecstatic. Honestly, I'd be happy with one. So I just want to see some progress in the recruiting. Um, Obviously, there's been some really good progress because you went from – at 90 range with Herm Edwards, and now you're at 60 currently via 24-7 sports under Kenny Dillingham and his new staff, which hasn't even been around for a full year yet. So that's what I would like to see. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, get some four stars in there. Obviously very happy with the <coughs> – very happy with the – Three stars, I would just like to see maybe a few more four stars in there as well. Did you know that driving high is still considered driving under the influence? That's right. Under the influence of marijuana is against the law, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high can get you a DUI. And if you think that law enforcement can't tell when you're high, trust me, they can. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think it's okay and that law enforcement officers don't know that you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. As always, make sure that you guys are subscribed to all of our other amazing podcasts, including 
the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest sports the stories of the day in 20 minutes or less, instant reactions, game recaps, Locked On's take of the day, Locked On Sports available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. The next thing on my list for what I want for Christmas or Hanukkah or anything else, good trench play. I am a firm believer that your team is only as good as what you are able to do and accomplish in the trenches. It is imperative that you dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, offense and defense. For Arizona State, I feel like it was sometimes there and sometimes more often than not, it it wasn't a consistent factor in what made the, the team good in 2022. It needs to improve. It starts on the offensive side of the ball. We need better pass protection. We need more consistent play. I know that I have been particularly harsh on Isaiah Glass. I think that he has shown some potential, and I think that there's definitely been some some good reps from him. I want to see it consistently. He's now going into his redshirt sophomore season or his junior season, but he's going to need to show that his play is taking a step forward because this is a new coaching staff and these guys don't owe him anything. If he's not going to be able to play at a higher level and prove that he is worthy of more playing time, then they're not going to hold on to him. They're going to go with someone else. There are recruits coming in. There are transfers coming in. There's guys on the team right now that are looking to compete and take his spot. He needs to take that next step forward. And that goes for everyone on the offensive line as well. There, there's basically Glass is the only returning starter from last year, who consistent starter, I should say. Ladarius Henderson and Ben Scott both entered the transfer portal. Des Holmes and Chris Martinez are both gone from eligibility. They were grad transfers. You're now looking at a whole lot of unknown on the offensive line. And I'm not going to speculate who could possibly be starting because it, it's a brain. <clears throat> My apologies, you guys. I just cannot shake the cold this season. But I think that this coaching staff just is going to roll out with the five best guys that they have. There is no general consensus on who those five guys are. So it could be the five highest rated kids. It could be five kids who have never started for Arizona state before. We don't really know yet. All I know is I want whoever those five guys are to be consistent and be able to produce for you earlier or sooner rather than later, I should say. Flipping it to the defensive side of the ball, this is also going to be incredibly, incredibly important because for Arizona State, you are losing so much of your defensive line. Gone are Nessa Jade Silvera, Joe Moore, Trevez Moore, and TJ Pesafea. They're all gone. That's four guys from last year. You also are going to be having some guys come back, thankfully, like BJ Green and Anthony Cooper, who thankfully, both of them initially in the transfer portal decided to withdraw their names from the transfer portal. 
Omar Norman Lott and Garen Stansbury are also gone. I forgot about that. My apologies. You're losing a lot on your defensive line. Thankfully, you have Anthony Cooper and BJ Green coming back. You'll also have Michael Matus returning from an ACL injury. So that part is really nice that you have some kind of defensive line depth here. Well, not so much depth. There's there's not too much depth per se. But you have familiarity coming back with those three. Obviously, Matus will be a bit of an unknown because he's coming off an ACL tear. But Cooper and Green both had two and a half sacks last year, which tied for the team lead. So you've got some production coming back from last year. But the, the, the pass rush was almost non-existent last year. The team had less than 20 sacks a year ago. And like four guys had two and a half sacks. So you've got to be able to produce more from the defensive line. You also need to be able to control the line of scrimmage against opposing run games because Arizona state got absolutely run over last year by running backs, pun intended. You know, there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of games against uh, Eastern Michigan and UCLA where those teams just ran the ball at will against you. There was little to no opposition. Uh, Arizona, Michael Wiley ran for over 200 yards. You have got to be able to improve against the, against the run. It is absolutely imperative. That's where games are won and lost is being able to control the line of scrimmage and dictate the pace of the game. If you eliminate a team's run game and force them into passing, that's more, more than not a good thing for you. If you are able to generate consistent pressure on opposing quarterbacks, again, more often than not, that's going to end up benefiting you and playing into your favor by being able to get the quarterback a little more off balance maybe for some mistakes for an opportunistic secondary and defense in general. Arizona State had 13 interceptions a year ago, 12 or 13, something like that. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Remember, they had started the year with seven consecutive games with an interception. This was a very good defense. It might have even been more than that now that I think about it. But and, and you've got some of those guys coming back. Roe Torrance had an interception. He's returning. Chris Edmonds led the team with three interceptions. He's returning. There are playmakers in the secondary. If the defense is able to get any kind of consistent pressure on the quarterback, they can force more turnovers again. And that's going to provide you with more opportunities to score points. And last I checked, if you're scoring points, more than likely you're going to be winning football games. So a lot of really important things come down to being able to dominate the trenches on both sides of the ball. This is definitely something I want to see Arizona State continue to improve on. One more time, I want to encourage you guys to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as your second listen as Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever else you're getting your podcasts. Last thing that I have on my holiday wish list for Arizona State. I want to see the continued progression of the young stars on this team. I have four guys in mind that I want to see continue to take steps forward. Elijah Badger, Jalen Conyers, Giovanni Sanders, and Roe Torrance. There's plenty of other guys as well. In fact, I'm going to amend and add BJ Green and make that five guys. No relation to the restaurant. 
which is very expensive. If I got a gift card for five guys, I wouldn't complain. Anyways, I want to see continued progression for some of the young stars on this Arizona State Sun Levels football team. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of really intriguing young guys. These five in particular stand out to me the most, though. We'll start with Elijah Badger, who was the team's number one receiver a year ago, over 800 receiving yards, and was an honorable mention for the All-Pac-12 teams. I believe that Badger can turn into a number one receiver for the team, if he's not already. I think that he can also turn into one of the best receivers in the conference. His combination of route running and receiving prowess when the ball is in his hands, the ability to create after the catch, tremendous. He's got good body control. He's got good size at six foot, just about 200 pounds. This is a player, right? This is a guy who fits the mold of what you need from a number one receiver. For Kenny Dillingham, it's going to be very important that Badger takes that next step forward in his progression and becomes that true number one receiver for the offense. Going next to Giovanni Sanders, who will be his partner in crime in the slot, I want to see him continue to take a step forward as well. He really seized that slot position last year. There was a little bit of competition for it between him and Cam Johnson. And Sanders completely seized the role and made it his own. He is a really, really crafty receiver and electric electric and quick. I think that there's a lot of potential for him to take a step forward, become a true number two receiver for the team, dominate in the slot, and give the quarterback two great weapons on the outside. Moving a little inside, Jalen Conyers. Conyers came alive in the second half of the season. Dude just, I, I don't know what happened. It, it, it was it was the play calling. It was being given an opportunity. It was him establishing himself. It was a combination of things that truly just kind of set him apart from the rest of the guys on this roster. Conyers looks like a potential big-time playmaker at the tight end position. And I think that if he's given that same opportunity with Kenny Dillingham, who does like to use the tight ends in his offense, he could really take a big step forward and become a household name in the Pac-12 conference. This is a very talented tight end. Messiah Swenson behind him equally is talented. But Conyers is going to get more playing time, I assume, based off of everything that he put together last year. I think that he could be a really, really big, important key cog for this offense. With those three in the passing game, it doesn't even matter if you have a thousand yard runner or not, because you're going to be able to move the ball through the air. That's three guys that I think are all capable of 700 yards, five to six touchdowns each. They are really talented. It's a great trio to have for the team. It's their triplets. Defensively, BJ Green. He's led the team in sacks each of the last two seasons, five as a freshman, two and a half last year. I'm excited for him to finally be in a full-time role. BJ Green hasn't been given the opportunity to be a full-time starter for the team. He's been in a rotation and he's produced in a rotation. Now there's an opportunity here and one that he could seize for himself and really take off. He's a bit of a tweener, a tweener. He's six foot one, 270 some odd pounds. So he's not the biggest dude for the edge. He's not the biggest dude for the interior, but he's, he's ferocious. The dude just plays bigger than he is. 
And it's that combination of being a tweener, quote unquote, that has me excited because I think that you can kind of flex him all over the place. You can put him on edge. You can kick him inside on passing downs. Like I want to see the defense, Brian Ward, defensive coordinator, get creative with him and use him in all sorts of different, different fascinating ways and truly take control and seize this potential that BJ Green has to be a big time difference maker. And then finally, Roe Torrance. Torrance looked like a terrific player for the team last year. He was just as close to a lockdown corner as the team has had in quite some time. He's not quite there yet either. I think that he can only continue to get better. And he's got a really good build. He's almost six foot four. Like, this is a big, tall corner. If you could find a way to hone in on some ball skills for him and get him some turnovers, sky's the limit for this kid. But even without the turnovers, I think that the ability to mirror and match with whoever is in front of him would also be very beneficiary for the Sun Devils and something that the team would just love to have. Having a lockdown corner is one of the biggest boons that a defense can possibly have. To be able to take one guy from your defense, line him up on the best receiver on the opposing offense, and not have to worry about him. That's the dream. And Roe Torrance could potentially become that for you. So those are the five guys that I'm looking for to continue progressing forward. They don't need to go immediately to first-team All-Pac-12. But just to continue to see them progress forward is what I'm looking for this year. But that's my Christmas list slash holiday list for the 2023 Sun Devils football team. And that's all I've got for you on this edition of the podcast. Join me again tomorrow when I do my wish list for the basketball team. But that's wrapping it up for us here. Thanks as always. Until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.